developmental optometrist, award-winning author, and international speaker, Dr. Lynn Hellerstein holds powerful and inspiring conversations with her guests on Vision Beyond Sight in areas of healthcare, wellness, education, sports, and psychology. They share their inspirational stories of healing and life transformation through their vision expansion. Billions of people have vision problems, and vision is more than 2020. Vision Beyond Sight will help you see with clarity and gain courage and confidence. Your vision does not define you. You define your vision. With Dr. Lin's new way to look at your life through a new lens, you will be ready to meet yourself and receive visualizations for miracles to come. Welcome to Vision Beyond Sight. friends, this is Dr. Lynn, and welcome to Vision Beyond Sight. Today visiting us is Alex Martinez, and he's going to talk about the importance of listening to your gut health and the benefits of viewing yourself as an ecosystem. And this topic is certainly personal to me. Um, many of you who have listened to my podcast know my story of uh, having significant health problems, especially my gut over 20 years ago, and the journey I've been on with the biggest lesson of learning to listen to my gut. So I'm thrilled to have Alex on today. But first, let me uh, share a little information about him. He is the co-founder and CEO of Intrinsic Medicine, which is developing human identical milk sugars as new drugs to improve human health. Now, his background's very interesting. He got his Juris Doctor from the University of Michigan Law School and Bachelor of Arts in Health and Societies from the University of Pennsylvania. But his real education was going through his own patient journey and learning from others' experiences. He's going to address three main problems in the pharmaceutical industry today. Only three. That's all the time we have, I think, today. But the first one is most drugs have serious side effects, limiting risk-benefit ratios in vulnerable populations, such as the children or the elderly. Most drugs do not possess ecological mechanisms, that modulation of both the immune system and the microbiome. And these are terms he'll certainly uh, explain to us. And, and it's really important because that's how you really restore human health. And most drugs are financially toxic due to high prices, which frustrate and often eliminate access. So, Alex, welcome to Vision Beyond Sight. Thanks, Dr. Lynn. Pleased yeah, to be it's, here. It's great to have you. So let's, let's hear a little bit about your story. What led you down this path to start intrinsic medicine? Yeah, so it 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 was an interesting journey, and and as as you um, sort of previewed, it, it was a combination of you know both you know professional passion, professional experience, but also personal experiences. And um, you know, I've I've always had a, a profound interest in in human health and biology and ecology, actually. And originally, I was you know going on a path. Of, of all things to be a healthcare attorney. 
Um, however, I, I quickly realized how, how reactive practice was, and it actually was perpetuating the dysfunctions in the system. So I recognized sort of the sort of entrepreneurial business um, opportunity to advance real solutions. And so I, I worked in the pharmaceutical industry. Um, uh, originally, I was really focused on developing new drugs for, you know, severe and rare um, genetic diseases. And, um, you know, while we were able to apply the technology um, for, you know, for, you know, to be actually transformational in, in, in several different, um, you know, very severe um, and rare diseases, uh, you know, I was going through my, my own patient journey in parallel. Um, and, um, you know, I've, I've been somebody who's, who's suffered, you know, a, a long time from, you know, irritable bowel syndrome, as well as a, a variety of, you know, autoimmune disorders. Um, and, and I looked around and I said, who's developing um, a, a new therapy for, for me, um, you know, for, for, you know, my children, you know, if, if they, you know, unfortunately, um, you know, follow in, in my footsteps, um, on a on a biological basis and we realized that the industry um was the toolkit that the industry had did not have a risk benefit that was conducive to developing new transformational drugs for the big broad disorders that most of us or our loved ones are going to experience within their lifetimes and so that really kind of led me to interrogate everything I knew about the pharmaceutical industry and develop a company that was anchored in safety as a strategy. Because if you have a truly safe drug, it changes how you can develop them and who you can serve. And Alex, if I could just stop you for a second here, I wanted to yeah. clarify you are going through this as an attorney, not as a scientist or um, medical professional. Is that correct? Um, correct. Yes. I, I actually started out as a public health person before um, becoming an attorney and then turned into a business person. And as part of the journey of wanting to create real solutions, I, I would say I, I've become quite the amateur scientist. Um, and actually, I, I have co-invented, you know, eight of, of the patents uh, for, for new therapies. Which I just find fascinating uh, and not, not to belittle anything that you're saying about the medical side of it. But I just wanted to make sure people realize how, how your journey was really different than, you know, a lot of times we have people who are medical folks talking about irritable, irritable bowel and the gut issues and that you're looking at it from your own personal journey, as well as really questioning. Um, I love what you said, the pharmaceutical companies about the kinds of drugs are they, are they how the, the benefit and risk ratio is so often out of whack and, and myself suffering from IBS and colon surgery and allergies to lots of foods. There was very little help available in the medical system for me during that time. Um, so thanks. Uh, continue on your journey um, of starting your yeah. company. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And I and I and I think you made a really you know important point um, because you know 
I think new solutions driven, you know, by people that have kind of the sort of, you know, ground level, the needs level experience are, are really important. Um, and I, and I, it truly was the ability to be going through a parallel patient journey and, and Dr. Lynn, um, you know, it sounds like, you know, we, we may have had, you know, some similarities in our journeys because, you know, in addition to the IBS, um, Comes while I was going, while I actually was embarking on sort of this sort of company creation uh, plan, I I also was having additional GI um, issues that actually ultimately um, resulted in a uh, partial bowel resection. Um, oh, and so yes, for 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 actually uh, a necrotic duplication cyst of all things, which I I, I won't I won't go into, but. Um, it, really, what was interesting about it is that um, understanding the complexity of patient journeys, the, the challenges associated with them, and thinking at the person level, you know, what would what would be the comprehensive profile of something that could, you know, address this in a meaningful way um, without, you know, undue risk or or impairing, you know, my experience that really kind of set the bar a lot higher than it normally does. And so as a result, sort of the safety as a strategy, um, you know, you know, idea emerged. And then, and then, you know, the next step was how do we get there? How do I find, you know, what essentially would be, you know, a miraculous compound, safe but disease modifying um, that could be produced at a low cost. And so because I do not have a formal scientific background, I have to use, you know, the other tools I have, which are, you know, kind of logic pattern recognition. And so what I set out to do was use evolutionary biology as, as a lens to search for, you know, compounds that, that could serve, you know, broad and vulnerable patient populations. And I found them in a, a very unlikely place, and that was sitting in infant nutrition labs. And that were, you know, these sugars that naturally occur in human milk that today can be produced um, using synthetic biology at a, a very low cost. So tell us more about these sugars and, and uh, what you've discovered about them and then how it's evolved into treatment strategies. Perfect. So maybe I'll take a step back and I'll, I'll kind of, you know, orient everyone in terms of, of, you know, what sort of was the aha moment with these sugars. So when I was looking at the, you know, the broad populations that, that I wanted to develop new solutions for, I had to distill down sort of the common elements of, of, of what their problems were. And those were, you know, dysregulation of the immune system um, and dysregulation of the gut microbiome. And Can you so, explain the gut microbiome just so we make sure everybody understands what you're talking about there? Yes, absolutely. And so the, the gut microbiome, you know, in, in the sort of, you know, past decade or so, it's been understood that trillions of, you know, bacteria and other microorganisms populate um, our gut environment. And in many cases, they're actually symbiotic. So they actually work in cooperation with the human cells 
And, you know, w- one way to actually think about this is that, you know, there are, you know, as many foreign non-human cells in the human body as there are human cells, and they're all working in cooperation. And so, you know, the gut microbiome um, is, is particularly important because in addition to our gut health, we're now learning that these, this, this ecology, this community of microorganisms actually has a direct telephone line to our brain, to our nervous system via the, the vagus nerve. Um, additionally, um, as I mentioned, um, you know, the sort of dual part of the dysregulation here is the gut microbiome, the community of, of microorganisms, but also the immune system. And, you know, the immune system, a lot of people hear inflammation, they say, isn't inflammation bad? And I say, actually, no, inflammation is great. <laughs> We're all here uh, because of inflammation. You know, it, it's protected us from infections. It, um, it helped us heal wounds. When inflammation becomes bad is when it doesn't resolve properly. It, it's, it's, a, it's a very, it's intended by nature to be a short-term solution and where it becomes maladaptive and harms us is when it's chronically activated and um, does not resolve. And so that's also linked to the gut microbiome because about 70% of our immune cells are in the gut. And because the gut is, you know, kind of the thin blue line um, between sort of the wild west of microorganisms and our body, our, our blood, our circulation, think about it almost like a, a boot camp for the immune system. So if you have an unhealthy gut microbiome, you're also very likely to have a dysregulated immune system that leads to sort of the maladaptive response. And some of that's been uh, discovered, especially with COVID, you know, when they yes. started looking at long, long-termers and and uh, the severity, um, there wasn't near as much as I would have liked to see, uh, but there's more and more research on looking at the gut and the microbiome as to why some people, you know, got COVID and recovered and other people didn't have that process happen so easily. Yes, you're absolutely right. That, that was, that was a, it was a startling finding. And then we're seeing that and, and this is a bi-directional system. And then we're seeing in, in, in the COVID long haulers that they actually had, a, um, it impacted their gut microbiome. And the fact that that wasn't restored then kind of led to this cascade of, of sort of autoimmune type um, reactions. Right. Good. So, um so great. Continue on. You've described the, the importance of the gut microbiome. You were talking about yes. your sugars. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so with that foundation, how, how do we, you know, appropriately modulate it? And then, as I mentioned, um, you know, we found these very special sugars um, sitting in, in nutrition labs, but they're not, they're not nutritional. So let, let me orient everyone. So human milk, um, you know, I think most people by now understand that this is probably one of the most precious substances uh, on, on planet Earth. Um, and um, what, what's, what's notable about it is that 
after fat and lactose, which are used by, by infants for caloric energy, the largest solid component are these sugars in human milk. And um, I'm calling them sugars because they're, they're oligosaccharides. But what's notable about them is that we do not have the sort of the chemical machinery to break these down for calories. They're not nutritional, um, even though they appear in, you know, a, a very high concentration. It's in early milk, it's as high as 15 grams per liter. Um, so somewhere between 15 to five to 15 grams per liter. So the question is, what do these complex bioactive sugars, what are they doing there? And why are mothers investing so much resources? How has essentially all, you know, 250 million years of mammalian evolution selected and conserved these sugars to be in human milk yet they're non-nutritional. What do they do? And as it turns out, they so developed, these sugars so developed to, to provide sort of the, the gut terraforming of a healthy human microbiome. They actually feed microbes that we know are completely linked to human health outcomes and further, what's particularly special about these sugars is that they can interface directly with our immune cells. I think about them almost as kind of training wheels for the immune system. So, you know, as a, as a baby, as a baby's body matures, um, they kind of set bounds and, and help to program it foundationally so that, you know, the, the baby can have, um, you know, the healthiest life and, and not only survive, but also set a foundation for thriving. That's so interesting. And I want to make sure uh, we're clear. You use the word sugars. I don't want, you know, people thinking, oh, fructose, corn syrup. You know, we're talking about a whole different molecule of sugar here. Correct. Yeah. Yes. And, 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 and to date, there's 200 that have been fairly well characterized and as many as a thousand of these other structures. So I like to think about them really as, as more of a communication system that enables a mother to communicate directly with the cells uh, in her baby's bodies, both um, the baby's own cells, but even the microbiome, uh, the, the bacterial cells that can, that can help the baby foundationally. And these sugars are not found in supplemental milks, correct? Correct. And, and, and that's one of the, the things that's, that's really you know, fascinating is that um, over the past 20, probably 20 years, there have been you know, billions of dollars, and it primarily was from invested in understanding these, investing in manufacturing these. Of course, we can't you know, ethically nor, nor viably isolate them from human milk. Um, and they, um, you know, there are some early approvals, but as, as of now, there's only three that have been approved to be included in infant formula. And they're, they're really not ubiquitously uh, available. Is there, why is that? Um, is it early in the research? Uh, why is there so few that are being utilized right now? 
it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great question. Um, and I, I think part of it, you know, comes to the sort of, there is some tension. It's, it's because, you know, infant formula is being viewed as a nutritional product, but these are profoundly bioactive compounds. Um, and so it's a little bit, you know, there, there's a delicate balance to walk on when you're saying, hey, we're putting these into infant formula to make it closer to human milk to, you know, promote a, a baby's, you know, gut microbiome development. But on the other hand, we're develop we're, we're, we're identifying um, really kind of potent drug-like properties out of it. And so there is kind of a tension and, you know, how, how, how do you market that? How do you commercialize it? And as more and more of these compounds are understood, it's also more challenging to justify putting them in their piecemeal when, you know, appropriately it should be an entire repertoire of, you know, all, you know, 200 of these and the technology is just not there yet to produce all of those at a scale where, you know, the formula would be accessible to, to the families that could benefit from it. That's, that's so interesting. We're going to need to take a break here and okay. we come back. Um, we certainly want to hear more about, you know, where you're at in the company of developing these and as well as um, speak more about that gut immune axis and, and how our listeners can um, be empowered to take control of theirs. So we'll take a break in just a, a minute here. And uh, this is just fascinating. Um, so thanks very much. We'll be right back. Thank you, Dr. Lynn. Dr. Lin will be right back after this. Discover the power of the seeing brain, the creator of your true vision. Dr. Lynn Hellerstein's number one bestseller book, Expand Your Vision, helps you see with clarity and gain courage and confidence. Remove roadblocks and visualize your new lens to see and experience your world. Get Expand Your Vision on Amazon or visit lynnhellerstein.com. Developmental optometrist, award-winning author, and international speaker, Dr. Lynn Hellerstein holds powerful and inspiring conversations with her guests on Vision Beyond Sight in areas of healthcare, wellness, education, sports, and psychology. They share their inspirational stories of healing and life transformation through their vision expansion. Vision Beyond Sight will help you find clarity in your functional vision and expand the power of your seeing brain to gain courage, confidence, and success in your life. Join Dr. Lynn each week for a new exciting episode, Vision Beyond Sight.
Can your child organize, really organize? Parents and teachers will have practical step-by-step strategies and templates to help get their children organized with Dr. Lynn Hellerstein's Organize It workbook. Increased organizational skills create success and confidence in school, sports, and life. Get Organize It on Amazon or visit lynnhellerstein.com. Welcome back to Vision Beyond Sight. Here's Dr. Lynn. Hi, everybody. We've been talking with Alex Martinez, who is the co-founder and uh, CEO of Intrinsic Medicine. And they're developing human identical milk sugars as new drugs to improve human health. And this is fascinating because I have studied the gut biome for well over 20 years. It's been kind of a personal study, which has led to... uh, uh, learning through functional medicine, a lot of nutritionists, but this is pretty new information for me. And so I was talking to Alex, you know, how long is this research going on and where, where is it at as far as being utilized? So yeah, how long have you been doing this or research in this field has been happening? Great question, Dr. Lynn. So, so we've been working on it for the past five years. But, you know, I, I have to give credit where it's due that, you know, the leading scientists in this have, have been working on it for 20 years. You know, and, and in fact, you know, there, there really have been decades of, of inquiry leading to the point to understand, you know, that, you know, where we are today, we need to be looking at these, these sugars in human milk through a different lens. And that's kind of the genesis and, and sort of the, the next um, sort of evolution of the research is that my, my company is a clinical development organization. You know, we're working with the FDA, we're working with regulators, we're focusing on single sugars, and we're, we're testing them in the same gold standard, you know, placebo-controlled studies um, that, you know, any FDA-regulated drug goes through. And so this is really to, to characterize and understand um, the power of, of these compounds. <laughs> and it's so interesting because trying to look at them individually is really different than looking at them as a community, like it is in the, you know, uh, mother's milk. Um, but as you look at them individually, are there any negative side effects that are being shown at this point? It's a great question. And I'm, I'm really pleased to say that there aren't. Yeah. And, and, and in, in fact, what we're, what we're seeing is that each one of these sugars, even if they only have a slightly different structure, same sort of building block, same Legos, if you will, but a different form, completely different bioactivity. And so what, what we realized here is that we have a library of compounds that have you know, a tremendous use case. And that use case, I think it's, it's actually kind of, I think about it twofold. So on the infant formula side, you know, we need to do whatever we can to get, you know, all 200 of these compounds produced and accessible in infant formula, right? So that is the, you know, foundational maintenance of, of human health. And then what we want to do on an individual basis with these compounds is figure out 
how we can use them to restore health in different disease or disorder contexts. Yeah, that was really my question. I think just even making baby formula um, more healthy and uh, protective, that that's a big, big job in itself. But I know, and thanks for mentioning it, that there is uses well beyond just the baby formula for general health. And so what areas in, in medicine are, are you looking to utilize these types of compounds? Is it in the autoimmune types of illnesses or, you know, what's your direction in that area? Yeah, it's a great question. So I'm prioritizing three different areas right now. So one is to treat pediatric um, autoimmune diseases, notably juvenile idiopathic arthritis. Um, there are you know, about 300,000 children in, in just the U.S. alone that have uh, JIA, yet about half of them have a form of JIA with no approved drug. And it's really because the risk-benefit is not there. So we identified that one of these compounds actually has profound disease-modifying activity in different models of rheumatoid arthritis but in both animal as well as human safety studies has shown no side effects, um, which contrasts really, really well with, with the current um, treatments that are actually very toxic um, by virtue of, of how they work. The other areas that we're exploring, and I, I haven't announced it, so you're the first to hear, um, is that we, we are going to initiate a program in a, a neurodegenerative uh, disease. Um, that, that typically occurs in, in elderly people. And then the third area that I am particularly excited about is in immuno-oncology for cancer. And um, it, Dr. Lynn, I'm not, not sure how, how familiar you or your listeners m might be in the immuno-oncology space, so I'll, I'll take a pause to take it. Yeah, please explain. That. Yeah, explain that. Okay, so... Recent, so when when we think about cancer, um, you know these these are cells that that essentially are saying we're, we're going to secede from from the rest of of the cells in the body. We no longer want to cooperate as a as a community. And one of the the things about our immune system that keeps us alive is that our immune system finds you know those, those bad actors and you know tries to address them. So one of the things that that cancer does is it puts up sort of fake flags to mask itself as a bad actor, to essentially hide itself, to camouflage itself from the immune cells um, and the immune system that's out there to, to police it. And so, you know, one of the greatest innovations has been how do we find, you know, a, a target on cancer that we can use to direct the immune system to it? And so that was um, a, a profound um, innovation. And, and then that led to a class of drugs called amino-oncology agents and, and a fancy way of just saying, you know, cancer drugs that help direct the immune system to the cancer. Right. Thank but, you. Oh, absolutely. But very recently, and this is in, in the past, you know, several years, it's been noted that only about 20% of patients respond to those 
very powerful and important agents. And that's not good enough. You know, if you have a if, if, if you if you have a severe cancer and you go in and, and they're saying, hey, you have a one in five chance of being cured. That's a that's a challenging you know proposition. And so when we look at the microbiomes of the responders versus the people that don't respond, they're completely different. And so the thought here is that if we can shift the microbiome of a of a, a cancer patient to look more like that of a responder, that perhaps we could improve their likelihood of, of being cured or you know going into remission. So it all comes back to the gut again. Yeah. No matter no matter what the illness, which so many of the illnesses appear to be inflammatory. Um, and, and it's it's truly fascinating. I mean, this really could be a game changer. Um, it, it brings to mind, you know, tell me, how are the pharmaceutical companies either involved or not happy <laughs> with what you're finding? Because this is totally different than the kinds of drugs that uh, many of the pharmaceutical companies develop and make all the money from. Exactly, Dr. Lynn. I, and I think what it is, is we're, we're still well ahead of our time. Um, we're, you know, most of the industry is still operating in a very kind of reductionist or even linear um, way of thinking, you know, thinking that, that human biology is linear and it's, and it's not. And that's that's really why, you know, I encourage people to, to view themselves as an ecosystem, because when you view it that way, you understand patterns of cause and effect. You understand that they're bi-directional relationships and and you think about your body as a system that you're trying to to reset and restore balance in and so we're still several years ahead and and that's also what you know why we're we're developing in this manner because we're going to be the ones that prove it um and then as as sort of a halo effect i hope that as we develop these compounds and show, you know, their profound, you know, safety yet disease modifying activity, that that's going to be a catalyst for the other companies, for the manufacturers out there to really, you know, expedite um, and focus on making sure that, you know, all babies have access to these. Got it. That's really great. Well, in our short time left, Alex, I want to get back a little bit to the gut health. Um, yes. You know, what, because there's so many people that really have gut problems, some know that, some don't know that, uh, but what are some of the biggest challenges for a person to improve their gut health, their gut immune health, I should say? Yes, and, and so, of course, with the caveat, I'm not, not a healthcare provider, uh, and, and always, you know, think for yourself and, and leverage the resources that you have. What we've learned about these sugars in human milk is that they're a prebiotic, they're a fiber. And, and so 95% of people are not even at a dietary fiber goal today. So that is a profound opportunity to improve your health because we're now seeing that these prebiotics, these sugars can lead to a cascade of benefits. And so, you know, the important thing here is I don't want people, you know, sitting around saying, oh, in, in, in five years, Alex will have a drug for that. You can make um, a change today by adding diverse plant fibers 
you know, into your diet. And, um, you know, I, and there's, there's a lot of compelling evidence that that, you know, in and of itself can improve gut health as well as immune health. And, you know, I know when I started down this journey over 20 years ago and been involved with functional and integrative doctors, one of the tests that they kept adding to well beyond normal blood tests was they'd always do tests on your poop, you know, mm-hmm. and I thought, like, why are they so interested in the poop? But I believe that is where so many of our answers will be coming from when we really look to see what are we excreting? What are we low? What are we high? Um, you know, and that fiber certainly is going to show up there there if, if there's enough available. Um, you make mention of that and as far as how to empower people to take control of their gut immune axis today. You've mentioned the plant-based fiber and um, really being evaluating, paying attention to, to how and how often they poop. Exactly. The bristle stool form scale, you, you don't, you don't need the, you know, the, the fancy, uh, you know, you know, mail order kit. Um, if you just look at the, the bristle stool form scale, you just pay attention. It is a, it's a lagging indicator of, of what's going on in your health, um, comprehensively, particularly on your gut health. And you can use it almost as a, a compass rose to help you navigate and understand understand, you know, the foods, the activities, um, the psychosocial context that really kind of help, help you, you know, you know, drive to balance or which may be causing imbalance. Can you, um, tell us a little bit more about that scale and, and how people would get that? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, I'll spell it out. It's B R I S E O L. So Bristol stool form scale. It's a, it's a validated, um, a medical tool. It's, it's used by a lot of different medical providers. And really it just, you know, pictorially um, with some descriptions, you know, creates a spectrum of, of bowel movements from, you know, a type one, which is, you know, a severe constipation to a type seven, which would be a severe diarrhea. And in general, most of us, you know, are, are going to be targeting a type four or type five, which is what we would consider a healthy, easy to pass bowel movement. And so this is something that everyone can, you know, Google for free and, and use. And it's really, you know, as you, as you, as you nicely put, it's just about paying attention because our, our body is literally telling us um, through kind of the, the form and composition of the bowel movement, kind of whether we're, you know, in regulation, imbalanced, or whether we're dysregulation in dysregulation or imbalanced. Yeah. And as an IBS sufferer as well, uh, the impact that diet, uh, types of foods, um, relaxation, it's just amazing the help that those tools can give us uh, patients with IBS. Because when I, you know, it's really interesting when I um, had a lot of my uh, medical crisis 20 years ago and I became allergic to all foods, uh, I had no idea what to eat. And everybody mm-hmm. in the functional world talked about the importance of the gut biome. But in the meantime, if you can't even eat, you know, what's going on with the gut biome? And through all of this is where I started on the journey of looking at nutrition. But I also ended up on a journey. There was a study that I was part of, of looking at the power of meditation as well. 
mm-hmm. on um, a chronic illness, and they used IBS as a chronic illness. And and so it, it's I, I like that you talk about the whole ecological system because it's not one food, it's not one drug, it's not just meditating. It's tr- truly looking at your entire life and seeing. It, it's great because the gut's where you can measure a lot of what's going on in your life. But it, it takes more than just eating a you know one food or or doing one class by all means. Um, and I think that's why you know when we talk about what gets in the way of our gut immune health, it's lack of knowledge. It, it takes time. It sometimes takes more energy to cook different foods and not just get the fast foods. Um, but you had mentioned, you know, making sure that you eat a lot of plant fiber foods. Can you just mention some of the, you know, common foods that people easily could look at as plant fiber foods? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so so I, w- I would say, you know, your your traditional, you know, leafy greens are great ones. Uh, Jerusalem artichoke is an, another great one. It has, a, a, you know, comprises a fiber um, that that has has great, um, you know, gut benefits in in adults. Even things as simple as apples. Apple peel is phenomenal. Um, just don't peel your apples. You know, you know, buy organic. Make sure they're they're, they're washed. Pomegranate seeds, another, you know fantastic one there's there's a there's a, a a microbe called you know acromantia that's all the rage right now guess what it loves pomegranates so treat yourself to, to you know just some pomegranate seeds um and um feed you know f- feed these these bugs so yeah they really really there's there's a you know there's a, a lot of them even even potatoes sweet potatoes regular potatoes potato starch does in fact feed the gut microbe, microbes. Obviously, um, don't indulge in French fries too much, but if you find some, you know, healthy ways to, to cook those, even those um, are, are positive for, for, the, for gut health. Yeah, well, that's great. Uh, Alex, we only have a couple minutes left. I just wanted okay. to see, is there anything else you want to share with our group? You have just totally opened my mind and, you know, I'm very excited about the research you're doing and the direction that you're going. And, you know, in this last minute or two, what would you like to leave with our listeners? Thanks, Dr. Lynn. I, I really would just want to emphasize that that point about viewing yourself as an ecosystem means that you're unique. And, you know, we are living in a world where everything is being externally quantified. Um, and that's that's really why you know I, I'm interested in your approach, Dr. Lin, because it you know what I encourage people to do is is to reclaim the self-awareness because your body is telling you what it needs, and it's helping to guide you to make those lifestyle changes that will promote health of of your ecosystem, of your community. And so there are tools available. You don't need to pay. Um, certainly, you know, if you can find, you know, health providers or other allies that can help you in that journey, I think that's great. But if you just listen to yourself, um, you will um, be on a path to to improve your experience and your health. Alex, thank you so much for those words of inspiration and wisdom. 
uh, I encourage our listeners not to follow my path of almost having to have the two by four over my head to really start learning to listen to my gut. You know, don't wait until you're that sick that then you start looking for solutions. You know, now's the time to really start taking care of yourself and and pay attention and awareness is the real key. So uh, if you want to get a hold of Alex, he's got a website, intrinsicmedicine.com. It'll be on our show notes. And thank you so very, very much for your time, Alex. And I wish the best for all of you. And I can't wait to see what the future brings for you. Wonderful. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Lynn. You're welcome. Bye-bye now. Thank you for joining us today on Vision Beyond Sight. Join Dr. Lynn Hellerstein each week to help you find clarity in your functional vision and expand the power of your seeing brain to gain courage, confidence, and success in your life. Remember, your vision does not define you. You define your vision. For more information and find additional podcasts, visit lynnhellerstein.com. See you next time on Vision Beyond Sight.